Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and thanks for tuning in again to the Brain Droppings podcast, season one, episode six, stress and working through it. I am your host, Joe Show, and I am here each and every podcast with you to guide you along the way. So I guess the first question is, how do you define stress? The Merriam-Webster dictionary uh, definition for it is a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from an adverse or very demanding circumstances. And I think that's something we can all relate to. We've all had one of those (coughs) type moments where it just seems that no matter what we do, life, family, friends, work, the stresses of our existence just tend to make our brains... And we have to find ways to deal with it. We have to find ways to cope. Um, Everybody has different methods in which they cope with stress. Um, At the end of it, you want to come out and just hear a bunch of... But we're not foolish. We know that that's, that's the fairy tale ending. The everyday ending is finding little victories along the way, ways that you can manage your stress. And so tonight's podcast or today's podcast, depending upon when you're downloading it, um, I'd like to talk about some of the stressors that we have in our lives, how we cope with them, how we grow from them, the lessons that we can take from them. And then more importantly, you know, how do we move forward? You know, stress is, is universal. It's always there. It's a piece of, it's, it's woven into the fabric of who we are as a species. There's always going to be a stress. Um, I'm a firm believer that stress is one of those factors in our world that it's fed by the energy that we provide it. Um, but that's not to say that we ignore stress, but it's how we manage it that I'd like to talk to you about tonight. Um, as always, I do live cuts of my podcasts on Blog Talk Radio. So if you happen to follow me on Twitter, uh, you can always check in and see where we're at at Brain Droppings Pod. Um, and find out when I'm going to drop a new one so you can listen in live if you'd like. I don't normally go to callers, but, um, you know, should there be one on there, maybe I will. But needless to say, back to the the topic at hand, which is stress. And, you know, I I can, I'll share some of my personal experiences with stress, um, both anecdotally as well as currently. Um, Because as I mentioned, it's just it's a constant. It's, it's something that we deal with. So from a work perspective, we're always under a tremendous amount of stress, whether that be to meet deadlines, to appease our bosses slash leaders, um, to, you know, if you're in sales, to reach your goals, to exceed them um, in order to, you know, either raise your status within your organization or to, you know, reap a a better payday when it comes time to negotiate your contract or seek a raise from your boss. Um, stressors can be materialized as, you know, ways in which you are foraging through that work environment, um, whether it's interactions with your coworkers or, You know, just working, you know, I specifically, I work in sales. So a lot of my stressors come not only internally through the relationships that I have within our office, but also externally with the accounts and the the customers that I work with to try to promote my product and and increase my overall sales. Um, A big stressor is reaching that goal. We all 
put a number out there. You know, for me, it's $8 million. I want to reach $8 million in sales in 2019. Um, is it achievable? Sure. Uh, I happen to, to thrive in environments in which you throw a carrot in front of me and see how long I'll pedal the bike for to try to reach the carrot. Uh, some people don't. Some people cower in stressful situations and they seize up, they freeze. Um, stress can manifest itself as anxiety. It can manifest itself as, you know, I don't know, coping mechanisms can, can range from shutting down and going into a hole to, you know, on the extreme end of that, self-mutilation, um, lashing out. It can put strain on relationships both personal as well as professional. Stress is a very interesting animal. And I don't think that anybody has mastered blocking stress from their existence. I mean, it just, it's there. I mean, stress can, can rear its ugly head if you're stuck in traffic and somebody cuts you off so close that you couldn't fit a piece of paper between your bumper and theirs. That's a stressor. What happens when that happens? Do you lay on your horn? Do you, um, I don't know, yell obscenities and vulgarities at people? Do you just take it in and bottle it up? I mean, I, I used to struggle with stress. Uh, I, I, I always would internalize my stress. I, would, I, I always viewed myself as like a volcano and the magma chamber would fill over time. And I would let a lot of the, the little stuff, you know, I, I, I took my podcast title from a book written by the great comedian George Carlin. And he wrote a book called Brain Droppings. And it was, you know, it was a heady observational. It actually had some sophomoric portions of it, but they were observational one-liners, one paragraphs that George had put along. But one of the, the catchphrases from George Carlin's comedic uh, career was, don't sweat the petty and don't pet the sweaty. And that always stuck with me. I always thought to myself, you know, don't sweat the petty. Okay. So I wouldn't sweat it in the moment, but I didn't have a good coping mechanism. I didn't have a good method of expelling the stress, you know, whether some people go to the gym, some people run on the treadmill at home or the Peloton. Um, some people go to boxing classes or, or martial arts or mixed martial arts. Uh, some people swim, play sports, uh, find different avenues. Some people can, can release stress by simply talking or meditating. You know, the opposite of talking, meditation, internal thought. Um, everybody has a different way of coping with their stress. I personally was an internalist. I would internalize my stresses, even the, even the petty that I wasn't sweating at the time. I would, it would slowly build bricks, bricks in my stomach, bricks in my head. And over time, they would just continue to build and fester. And it wasn't like I was paying them a lot of attention, um, but they were there. They were added weight on my soul. They were added weight on my head. And there would be an instance where a petty would happen or a moderate stressor would transpire and I would go off and you would have to listen to an eight month diatribe of all the things that had been built up that I had to get out at that moment. Um, not, let me just clarify, not the best way to deal with stress. Um, I've learned that over the course of my adult life and, you know, different life events lend themselves to you learning new ways to cope with stress, whether it be the birth of a child, uh, the loss of a loved one in your family or a friend, um, dealing with divorce, you know, the end of a marriage. That's, that's a great test of how somebody deals with stress or even working with your ex-partner. If you have children in a co-parenting perspective, you know, they, it's a difficult situation and you have to find constructive ways to work through your stress. Um, in my, my example, for instance, I have found outlets for my stress. I, you know, I've mentioned it in a few of the other episodes so far this season. I do play adult baseball. Um, I'm not the best player on the team. I'm not the worst, but I'm not the best. But that's not why I play baseball. 
I play baseball for two main reasons. Number one, I love the freaking game. I just do. I'm not. I'm non-apologetic about it. I love the pace. I love the camaraderie. I love being able to be surrounded by teammates and feel like I'm part of something. Um, that's one of the reasons I play baseball. The other reason is it's an excellent opportunity for me to forget about all of the other stresses that are bothering me, all the other stresses that have built up. We play once a week. So everything that's built up for the six and a half days before I see my team again, I get them out on the diamond, whether it's through a competitive edge, whether it's through pitching. I'm a pitcher, so maybe I'm throwing a little bit harder if I'm a little more worked up. Um, If I'm fielding or base running, I'm going a little bit harder. And I'm releasing those stresses. Uh, that's a big deal for me. I also meditate. It's, and I'm not ashamed to say it. A lot of guys are afraid to admit that they meditate. I don't do yoga. I wish I did. Um, it's not something I, I've ever really gotten into. Uh, but from speaking with people that do, in fact, there's a, a lady in my town who I've known for the better part of a decade and she teaches a class and I haven't even gone to her class. I haven't done a drop in. I, I think it's from a guy's perspective. I think yoga has always been viewed as, I don't want to say not manly, but it, it doesn't cater to the male clientele, but it actually does. In fact, that's a stupid um falsehood that, that, that continuously gets brought up, but I meditate. I, I quietly sit um, during my lunch hour at work. In fact, I will go to my car. I will section off a 10 minute portion where I don't even put the key in the ignition. I don't want the outside forces of the radio listening to my car, you know, idle. I don't, I don't want any of that. I'll go in my car and I'll breathe. My, uh, I have a smartwatch, so I have an Apple, um, an Apple Watch, which happens to have a breathing app on it. Um, and I will cycle through that app for about three or four cycles to just kind of allow myself to let go of the things that I can't control and control the things that I can and kind of gain a better perspective. And then I usually find out that my afternoons tend to roll a little bit smoother than the mornings. I always try to start my day fresh. Um, I do certain things that, you know, some people would call them quirky ticks, but I do them for reasons. You know, I try to make my bed every morning. I look at that as it's a great first step. It's a first accomplishment of your day. No matter how shitty your day is, when you get back at the end of the day, your bed's made, you accomplish that to start your day. You, 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 started your day with an accomplishment. And when you get home, no matter how shitty your day is, your bed is made. You can get into a freshly clean made bed and let go of the day. Um, So believe it or not, making my bed as an accomplishment in the morning also serves as a stress relief for me at night. Um, In fact, I'm actually doing this podcast from my bed. I have an extremely comfortable bed that I love. Um, And I'm doing my podcast in my bed. Why? Because I want to be able to provide you each and every episode with the right energy from me. You know, I don't want them to be downtrodden. I don't want them to be um, angry type of podcasts or not following the appropriate uh, format that I want. I want to be comfortable because I feel like if I write out my episodes and I try to read them to you, it sounds mechanical. And, you know, we're all our worst critics. Talk about another stressor. Um, I use my podcasting as an outlet for my stress. It's a, it's a creative outlet, you know, because not all outlets have to be directly associated with viewing it as an off-gassing of your stress. Sometimes just doing something that doesn't allow you to think about what's happening in the world is a great thing. In fact, right now, I'm actually taking my Apple Watch off and uh, bang it on the mic there. I just took off my Apple Watch. Why? Because God bless her, but my mother is calling me at 1022 at night while I'm doing my podcast. I don't want that distraction. You know, I just want to kind of relax. So podcasting is has become a creative outlet and a de-stressor for me. Um, everybody has different ways. You know, some people on the holistic end of the spectrum prefer chamomile teas, uh, lavender sprays. There's a myriad of different 
products that are available that help people de-stress, relax, let go of the day. And it's so important that we try as humans to do that, regardless of gender. It's, it's, a, it's a species-wide phenomenon that must be addressed. Um, stress can eat us apart. It can make us physically ill. Uh, I, I never want to be physically ill from stress. It's happened. I've had my stomach in knots. I've felt distraught. I felt um, at the end of my rope, you know, never to the extreme of, you know, I want to hurt myself or anything like that, but definitely, you know, wondering how many turns are left, you know, how many, how many different shots can I take to the head, the soul, the heart um, before I break? Those are all stressors. And, you know, hopefully through listening to the podcast tonight, I can impart through my experiences some opportunities for you to, to venture down and, and figure out, you know, what can you do in your life in a daily basis um, that you can create a routine of sorts to help you deal with the stresses that you encounter on a daily basis? Because newsflash, they're never going away. Stress is omnipresent. It's in it's woven into the fabric of the universe. So what we can do as people is we can find ways to deal with it. You know, when I meditate, I immediately bring myself and it's so stupid. I, I hate to admit this, but in college I took an improvisational um, class and believe it or not, I got nothing out of that except um, this one particular meditation exercise that I, I use almost daily when I'm in the car for that 10 minute section. I focus on my breathing, I keep my eyes closed, and then I allow my mind to take me, you know, if you've ever seen the, um, the comedy movie Happy Gilmore starring Adam Sandler, um, there's a portion of that, that movie in which the, the lead character, Happy Gilmore, is a professional golfer and he is literally at his wit's end. You know, it's very slapstick and sophomoric humor, but the overall lesson is when he got so frazzled that he couldn't see straight, he rem was reminded that he needed to go to a happy place. He needed to go to a place, a Zen, a place where, excuse me, where he felt at ease, at peace. So for me personally, I draw on one of my favorite places on the earth. And I'm not going to tell you on the podcast because I do try to keep this place as quiet as I can because I don't want a ton of people to go there. But there is an island that I visit um, every couple of years or so. I've taken the lovely Kate there. It is heaven on earth. It, it, for, for, the, for the vacationer that wants to detach from reality, the, the, the vacationer that wants to detach from the, the average vacation, the go to the resort or the go on the cruise and have the planned itineraries. And for the person that just wants sand, sun, music, book, quiet, that's the, the place I go to when I need to, to unwind and let go of life for a while. So when I'm meditating, I can almost feel the sun on my face. I can almost hear the waves breaking over the shore. It's one of those amazing, amazing places that just, it, it brings out a fulfillment and a happiness in me that just makes me feel, you know, I was at a loss of words there for a second because it's hard to describe the feeling, but we all have that place. There's, there's that place that, that just allows you to feel amazing. And I use that as one of my de-stressors. Now, I have a friend who, on the holistic end of the spectrum, is way into the CBD products, you know, for easing stress. Um, I guess there's a lot, I haven't done a lot of research on CBD, um, but there is a lot of research that shows that CBD oil or tablets um, or gummies have the ability to really allow you to relax and, and chill out. And sometimes that's enough. Just getting to a place in which you can focus on you and relax is, is all we need for de-stressors. Now, I kind of alluded early on 
about work stresses and we all have it. I mean, I, I work for a, a, a wonderful company. It's a privately held company. Um, it's a single owner company. We have an amazing line of products. Um, we're innovative in our marketplace, but that doesn't mean that we don't have challenges as an organization, challenges with our interpersonal skills. You know, there's, there's a funny definition between a boss and a leader. Um, a boss tells you what to do. A leader says, let's do this. Um, so, you know, every organization isn't perfect and everybody's going to have some bosses that need leaders and some, some, you know, fireworks can happen from there and it can, it can really, you know, bring you down. Um, if you're micromanaged, I'm, I'm an individual because I do have a creative side that I don't really respond well to micromanagement, which is hard when you're in sales because, you know, a large part of sales is micromanagement. And that is a huge stressor for me. Uh, fortunately, I work for a company where it's not the prevalent management style. That's not to mean it doesn't filter its way in on occasion. Um, I find that the older I'm getting, the better I'm getting at identifying the things that stress me out and finding ways to either deflect and push them away rather than internalize them or changing my situation. Because that's also another coping mechanism that people can have that can be productive or counterproductive with stress management. And that's changing the environment. So for instance, if you went to the grocery store on Saturday mornings at 930 in the morning, and it was jammed. I'm talking you get to the registers and you're eight people deep every single time. That is a stressor. So how do you do that? You have to change the situation. You need to change your environment. So maybe you try a different store. Or better, you try a different time. Or if nothing else works, you try a different day. You know, these are those steps that you can take to kind of Rather than have these things hammer you over and over and over again, there are different ways in which you can attack things that are bothering you. Um, when it comes to family, you know, right now uh, we have the Easter holiday. In the Christian calendar, the Easter holiday is coming up um, in less than a week. And that can be stressful just in its own right. Now imagine you have your parents your in-laws, your spouse, everybody's vying to host. There's a lot of stress there. Say you're the host and you're putting together the holiday. There's a lot of stress that goes into meal prep and guest lists and making sure you have everything that you need to create the meals and the gifts that you want to create for people. The stressors know no boundaries. They know no holiday. They know no calendar. They are just always there. I guess my message in tonight's episode is how do we deal with the things that bother us the most? Um, when I look at my life, and I am very fortunate, I have a wonderful, wonderful life, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass because I'm just talking on a podcast. I really don't have a lot of, I don't know what's the proper term for it. I don't have a lot of life stressors that, that weigh me down anymore. I did. Don't get me wrong. I'm in my mid-40s. But in my 30s and in my 20s, not only did I have huge stressors, um, I had a short short fuse. So that, that volcano, that magma chamber filled up quick and it would pop as often as I had it to pop. But it's counterproductive. You know, it, it took me a little while to really kind of understand and mature and, and know that you can't always have the perfect setup. You can't always have it your way right away. You know, sometimes we have to learn compromise. Sometimes we have to learn, you know, that's taking a step back and, and, and understanding that there's a greater good out there. There's a greater goal to be achieved is important because we can get wrapped up in our own wants, needs, and desires. Um, and that can lead to a lot of frustration or stress as we progress through a day, a year, a week, a month, it doesn't matter what the time frame is, it can build. Um, from a perspective of family life, 
I'm blessed. I have four wonderful children, two of my own, two stepchildren that might as well be my own. I love them, all four of them. They're all unique individuals that have their own sets of personalities and and mentalities and idiosyncrasies that, you know, I'm I'm working towards getting to a point of complete acceptance because they are so different, you know, and they and they're ever changing because three of the four are teenagers. Three of the four are boys that are teenagers. They're constantly changing and they bring up new stressors all the time. I have a son who is going to be turning 16 in June. You know, he's going to want his license. That's a stressor. It's a stressor from a parental perspective, you know, not not so much from a materialistic perspective of I have a car and I have to give my car to my kid. And, you know, what if he bangs up the car? I don't care about that. I care about my kids on the road. You know, I've had I'm savvy at this point in my mid 40s. I've had my license for the better part of 30 years at this point. I know how to drive, (laughs) you know, I am an offensive defensive driver. If you ask anybody that's ever driven in a car with me, they're usually white knuckled onto the the dashboard, but I can tell you something and I'll knock on wood. I have never, ever, ever, ever struck anyone with my vehicle. I've avoided accidents. I've, you know, some may lay claim that I have created accidents by my avoidance of the ones in front of me, but in any case, I have never had an insurance claim because of an accident that I caused, nor that I was a part of. And that's a learned skill. When I look back to 16-year-old Joe or 17-year-old Joe with his new license and his dad's Maxima and his mom's Chrysler Baron, you know, I was a missile on the roads and inexperienced. And so as a parent now, I'm exp- I'm already filled with anxiety and stress about the next year and a half with my oldest, the next two years with my middle son, the next three years with my youngest son, and the next uh, six and a half years with the baby girl. But in either case, those are things that are already starting to become thought stressors. You know, my oldest has a year and a half left of high school, and then he's off to college that's a stressor. You know, Willie, he hasn't even decided where or what he's studying yet. And he's stressed about that. You know, stress, as I mentioned earlier, is just everywhere. And so with my oldest, I'm working with him on finding ways to deal with his stress. He's no no longer in sports. So he doesn't have that as an outlet. He does do esports, which is a gaming um, setup, and he enjoys that, but that too can cause stress. So it's not necessarily a stress relief for him. Sometimes it can compound the stress he's feeling because, you know, say he hits a losing streak in his games. That's stressful. It causes you anger. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not the Zen garden that I, that I hope that he finds. Um, there's stresses everywhere. And sometimes we just have to try to find the magic bullet. So I guess my question to you is, what is your magic bullet? What can you do in your life right now to help ease some of the stresses that you feel. Because if you're listening to this podcast, that may be the way you deal with stress. It was for me about three or four years ago. I started listening to podcasts literally like people make sandwiches when they're hungry. I mean, I couldn't get enough. I I listened to Joe Rogan, Mark Marin, The Nerdist, Chris Hardwick, um, you name it, A&E Biographies, which was a mini podcast series, um, audiobooks. The, the, that was one of my outlets a few years ago, you know, and it changes over time. But what do you do in your daily life currently to help you? And I'd really like to know. I, I, I wish that on this particular topic that we had calls coming in that I could check with and, and find out, you know, how you're doing, how you're, how do you deal with your stresses? Um, because it can, it can be so 
difficult sometimes, and, and we we struggle to find new and innovative ways to deal with the things that are bothering us. And I'm always I'm like a sponge when it comes to this particular topic because I'm passionate about it. I want to know if there's a new way for me to find an opportunity to kind of let go of some of my stresses. In fact, for me, to be completely honest, going to the gym was not a stress reliever for me. So if you happen to be listening to this, regardless of when it is, okay, so currently it's April 16th. I don't care if you're listening to this April 25th, May 9th, June 14th, or July 8th. If you're listening to this podcast, I implore you to shoot me a tweet at droppings underscore pod. That's droppings, D-R-O-P-P-I-N-G-S underscore pod on Twitter. And tell me how you deal with your stress. What are some of the, the avenues that you pursue? You know, are you more of a holistic approach with, you know, chamomile and lavender? Maybe it's essential oils. Um, I can tell you the lovely Kate who... I am imploring, just so everybody who's listening knows, I implore Kate before every single podcast to join me um, because I would love to, to bring her into these discussions. You know, it's, it's not difficult for me to talk for 30 minutes, 45 or an hour by myself. That's, that's not difficult, but I thrive on back and forth conversations. And Kate, for instance, on this particular topic, has found a new outlet because she too is creative. Um, it's a creative outlet for her stress. She's started with a company called Chalk Couture and created her own company called Chalk Sessions. And it's an opportunity for her to find a medium in which she can have a creative outlet that allows her to either sort her thoughts or detach from her thoughts and find her peace. And I'll tell you, as a spouse, we both look to the other day in and day out to see how that other person's doing mentally, how they're doing emotionally, how are they feeling physically? Because stress can manifest itself physically too. And that's something we haven't even touched on yet. But before I go further down the, the physical manifestation of stress, let me go back to Kate. So Chalk Session is a company that she started. You can find them on Facebook. Um, and basically, she either comes to you or you come to her. And it's, it's a class in which she shows you this really cool paint-paste medium in which you silkscreen designs onto either chalkboard or wood, glass, plastic, even fabric. And you can create something creative um, utilizing these stencils and your imagination. And while you're doing it, you're focused on the project at hand and not the outside factors that are crushing your brain or, or manifesting into um, your mental well-being. And so I would really love to have had her talk to you all um, about chalk session and how therapeutic it's been for her because as her spouse, I've seen the change when she's doing it and I might lose her for three, four, five hours. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's a new business, so she's spending a lot of time on it, um, but it's not work. It's a passion. It's a creative outlet. It's a de-stressor for her. So I, I let her be. I give her space because you know what? When I do the podcast, she's downstairs you know she's not up here next to me and she's giving me my space because from a mental perspective we're happier when we have an outlet we're happier when we find even if it's a 10 percent reduction in the daily stress you feel that's 10 percent that you were able to knock off so i kind of touched on it a minute ago and i, I really want to talk about it and that's how stress can have a physical manifestation. And I'm not talking about a frowny face or a furled brow. I'm talking about stress can, you know, if you're stressed, I, I mentioned it earlier, my stomach used to go into knots. Some people can actually, you know, develop ulcers from stress. Um, 
you know, not to be gross, but you can, you know, if your stomach's in knots and you're, you're not feeling well because stress is manifesting itself that way, it can lead to diarrhea. Um, it can lead to, you know, nausea. Um, it can manifest into rashes, muscle aches. I can tell you that for the last three months, specifically tied to my work life, I have been so stressed that I've had a kink in my neck that I can't seem to get rid of three months with massage. That's with icy hot. That's with biofreeze. That's with taking Advil. Nothing. I mean, it takes the edge off, but it doesn't go away and it won't go away until I reach my goals. And I wish that I had a better, more effective coping mechanism to, to make this go away. But it's there. It's there until I accomplish the goal. And then, sadly, there'll be another goal to accomplish. And hopefully, there'll be a different manifestation in a more positive and, and productive manner. But it's crazy. I mean, I've seen people break out with rashes from stress. You know, people say, oh, I get hives when I'm stressed. I've seen actual rashes that don't go away. Um, it's not psoriasis. It's, it's stress-related. Um, people stress eat. Oh my God, I can't believe we haven't talked about that yet. People stress eat. I stress starve. How about that? When I'm super stressed, I don't eat much. I mean, I eat enough to sustain and I eat enough to, to fulfill, but I don't, I don't gorge. Some people, opposite end of that spectrum, will indulge to levels of epic proportions when they're stressed. It, it, there's a term called stress eating. I mean, it's, it's a bizarre how stress has such a hold on who we are as people. I guess my hope is that either through listening to this podcast and understanding your stress is not unique. You know, everybody has it. And maybe it took a podcast to listen to and understand that, you know, we all have stress and we all deal with it differently. And we all try to find new and interesting ways. I mean, you can go down the rabbit hole of Google and get lost for a few hours, as I did um, in my show prep for tonight's podcast, looking at different manifestations of stress, different coping mechanisms for stress, um, different ways to help deal with stresses, whether they be minor, major, um, financial stress. Financial stress is that's uh, as universal as, you know, any other stress you have during the day. You know, I think there are very few people on this planet that don't have some sort of financial stressors, whether that's you're living paycheck to paycheck, you had a traumatic incident that transpired and wiped you out of your savings, and now you're, you're back to, you know, ground zero. Um, or maybe you're a new couple or a new family and you're saving to buy a house or you're, you're donating um, a portion of your uh, earnings towards a college fund for a child. And you're stressed about that. You know, what, what does the future hold for my son or my daughter from a, from a scholastic perspective? Um, if I can't afford their college, um, maybe you're trying to buy a house and it's, it's a tremendous amount of, stress that goes into home buying, you know, from the saving portion, you know, the years. And usually your average couple spends between three and five years, provided they're not given a gift of significant um, financial gain by a relative, three to five years of strict savings just to accumulate enough for a down payment. And then you have the stresses of home ownership, you know, so you saved for three to five years. You've eaten your bologna sandwiches and your, your grilled cheese and tomato soup. That's about as cheap as I'm going to go. I, I can't do ramen anymore. Anybody that went to college can't do ramen. Um, mac and cheese is, you know, again, once you hit your thirties, mac and cheese, is just not good. Um, but you've saved and saved and saved. Now you have your house. And there comes a whole nother set of stressors. You know, you have the internal machinery of your home, your, you know, your water heater, 
your boiler, your furnace, your tanks for your propane, your oil, um, your kerosene, depending upon the part of the country that you live in, you have different systems in play, your central air conditioning, you know, how old are they? Did I buy new construction? Is this previously owned? When were they last swapped out? You know, I know I did the home inspection and the, the home inspector said the bones of the house were good, but how thorough was that home inspector? You know, does my chimney list three degrees to the left, three degrees to the right? Is it, is it leaning forward? When was the last time this house was re-roofed, you know? Those are, or better yet, you have an in-ground pool. You can't see just about any of that plumbing because it's all underground. So what is the condition of the PVC piping? There are so many triggers for stress in our world, in our day-to-day life, that we have to find different avenues to mitigate it as best we can. And, you know, there are... For sure, there are support groups out there. Um, there's counseling, obviously, that, and I'm an advocate for that. Um, sometimes just talking out your stresses to a neutral third party is extremely cathartic um, and really you know, therapeutic. It allows you to, to have a sounding board, whether that sounding board is one way or another. I mean, how many of us have been driving down the road and had a full-blown conversation with the windshield? My hands up is yours. Sometimes I de-stress by, you know, getting out the things I want to say, whether it's to uh, a, a family member, a coworker, a boss. Sometimes the the situation doesn't wouldn't have gone or gotten any better by saying what you're thinking in that exact moment because you're impassioned, you know, your, your emotions are raised. So you need to find another outlet. How do you get that stress out? How do you, how do you talk? You know, so sometimes just having that conversation, yelling, screaming, a primal scream, you know, whatever you need to do, um, you know, you have to do it because it's so important to your mental health, to the people that are in your life's uh, relationships, being able to cope with your stress or deal with it is important. Knowing that other people are going through what you're going through is important to know. It helps. It really does. When you know that you're not alone with something, you're more apt to find ways to adapt and overcome than when you feel isolated and alone. And I can tell you, as a person who is under a tremendous amount of stress at the end of a marriage, financial stress, emotional stress, um, familiar stress with, you know, the family in general, wondering the impact on the kids, you know, what does your future hold, uprooting your life to another residence, you know, all of those stresses. And at that time, unfortunately, I didn't know the fabulous Kate. I was all alone. I had a good friend who was going through a divorce, but it was so different. It wasn't even similar. You know, his divorce was very contentious and mine was more um, spiteful, if that makes sense. So it was a different set of circumstances. And although we would, you know, vent on each other about the other, it was it wasn't as therapeutic as I I had hoped it could have been. And I had to find my ways. So I'll share with you um, one of my favorite coping mechanisms for when I become overwhelmed, because overwhelmed is just another term for stressed. And there are times where, you know, either work or life or family can get you to the point where you're just so knotted up, you need to find a, a an out. And maybe that out isn't just sitting in your car and meditating and imagining yourself on a deserted island with the sun and the palm trees, the coconut. I could go on forever, people. I seriously can envision it every time I blink. But maybe it's different for you. Maybe you live within a commutable distance from either the ocean or a lake or a pond or a park. If you live anywhere near any of those that I just mentioned, next time you feel life overwhelming you, next time you feel that there's no way out, 
Take a drive. Go to that spot. Find a quiet area. And just look, listen, and observe. Allow your mind to quiet. Tell yourself you are capable of letting go of the things that you have no control over. Relax. Work on taking deep breaths in and then deep breaths out. Allow the stresses that are bothering you to be processed and put away. Clear your mind. If you can do that, for me, I live in New Hampshire. I am 30 minutes from the seacoast. I don't go to the beach. I go to the rocky shore because the Northeast is notorious. You have, you know, 100 foot of beach and then you have six miles of rocks. And then you have, you know, a a mile and a half of beach and then you have, you know, three and a half miles of rocks. I go to the rocks because for me, the soothingness is two part. Number one, obviously, the therapeutic sound of the waves crashing over the rocks. That to me, there is no other sound more soothing than that. Some people like to listen to um, earth sounds on their Bluetooth speakers or through their, their radio. They like to listen to classical music. To me, nothing replaces the natural sound of waves crashing against the shore, specifically the rocky shore. So when I've had my fill, when I've, when I've hit my emotional tilt or my stressor tilt, there is a specific spot that I go to. I park the car. I walk to the midpoint of the jetty, depending upon the tide. You, you, I'm usually out there by myself. And I just sit. And I close out everything that's bothering me. There have been times where I've sat there and I've processed the things that are bothering me. And it seems easier because the sound of the waves for me blocks out everything but what I'm thinking about at that moment. And if you're fortunate enough to catch a whale off the horizon, awesome. Only makes the experience that much better. If you're at a pond or a lake, maybe a fish jumps. Maybe a bird swoops down or a duck swims by or you see a flock. Something. Something that will trigger a happy response from you. And that's what I hope that, you know, I'm able to relate to you tonight is that no matter what stresses you have, never stop trying to find an opportunity to de-stress, to unwind. It's important. Make sure to take time for yourself. Your mental health is so important to everyone around you, including yourself. If you have poor mental health, if you have poor coping skills, and you're miserable and overwhelmed and dejected, you're going to project that outward. And I'm not, you know, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of Rhonda Burns, The Secret, but the law of attraction is a real thing. I truly, honestly, fully, wholeheartedly buy into it. When you put out negative vibes and negative thoughts, you welcome that back tenfold. And it might feel like you're stuck in a circle where no matter what you do, whatever you touch turns to shit. Know that with time, effort, and hard work, you can change your perspective. Because at the end of the day, how we allow stresses to bother us and impact us is actually controlled by us. If we allow these things to really just eat at us and grate on our nerves, they will, and they'll gain strength. If we find ways to push them back, to process, to address, to move forward, we will. So to cap off my my law of attraction, it works in opposite as well. When you put good out and consistently work at putting good out, good comes back. I've never not had a job 
when I needed one because I believe in my core that not only am I qualified for just about anything I want to do, I'm going to get it. And although I've had my patients tested two or three times throughout my professional career, no truer statement has been made than I always find my next best opportunity or it finds me. And that's because I know it's going to. I believe it will, and it does. And I don't lose faith. You know, and if you, if you follow me or you listen to the stuff I talk about, I'm not a very faith, faith-based person. Um, but I do buy into the power of the law of attraction. And to quote the book, I've seen the law of attraction in action. So... As I kind of wind down the podcast, I want to thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoy the fact that I'm trying to make this as a variety of topics as possible. You know, they're going to be silly ones. The next one to drop will feature the great Anthony C., um, who I've been dying to do a podcast with. We'll be doing that one tomorrow. And I don't know if I'll uh, load it up right away, maybe do some editing to it. But it should be a good one and a return back to comedy. But tonight I wanted to talk about stress. So do me a favor. If you're listening to this on Blog Talk, good on you. If you're listening to any of the other major sites, Pandora, iHeartRadio, iTunes, please subscribe and follow. Um, Also, if you listen on TuneIn and you happen to have an Amazon-enabled device, you can simply say, Alexa, play play Brain Droppings podcast on TuneIn, and you will hear me. So thanks for listening to Brain Droppings, Season 1, Episode 6 stress. I hope it was a good one for you. I enjoyed doing it. Until next time, I'm Joe Show, and you're listening to Brain Droppings.